0: If you guys have your Bibles, turn to Second John. Second John, because so you could go to Revelation at the very end, and then Jude and Third John and Second John. And um, we're in Second John. We'll read the first six six verses, talking about truth and love. John, he wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote First, Second, Third Epistles of John. Uh, he wrote Revelation as well, and he may be about maybe 90 years old at this point, and remember he was with Jesus during the three years of ministry with him, so he was able to be an eyewitness and being able to behold, right? He was there, he hung out with Jesus, and it was just really cool. He was there in the upper room, Acts chapter 1 uh, verse 13, when the Holy Spirit uh, came upon them, right, and filled them, and so the key Theme, by the way, in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John is really all the same. It's very similar. It's all about love. Love, love, love. Uh, it's mentioned 56 times uh, in these epistles. And just like he writes in 1st John, he takes the top topic about something and he, and he talks about it, but it revolves and uh, really around love and everything that he's talking about. So, for example, in 1 John, he talked about righteousness and sin, uh, life and death, love and hatred. Um, So, uh, the same thing right here in 2 John. It's no different. He contrasts this theme, and it revolves and involves around love. And so, the contrast he's making is those... uh, who are in the truth we're going to see that in verses 1 through 4 and then those who are deceivers Uh, we're not going to read that today but in verses 7 through 11 and in the middle is the key theme of the whole book in verses 5 through 6 and and uh, let's just read let's start from verse 1 you guys can keep that that in mind and we'll end in verse 6 it says in verse 1 the elder to the elect lady and her children whom I love in truth and not only I but also all those who have known the truth because of because of the truth which abides in us and we uh, will be with us forever grace mercy and peace will be with you from the God and Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ the Son of the Father in truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I have found some of your children walking in truth as we receive commandment from the Father. And now I plead with you, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that which we have had from the beginning, and that we love one another. This is love, that we walk according to his commandments This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. So, wow, jam-packed right here. There's so much more that we're not going to be able to go through, so study it on your own and you'll be blessed as you do. Uh, But let's go back to verse 1. It says, The elder uh, the elder, elder, speaking of older chronologically or maybe even spiritually more mature. And I think uh, John uh, fits both of those, right? He's at an older age, but he's also spiritually mature. And so he's got it both right here. And, but notice it says to the elect lady. And this is uh, the, the, the feminine word for Uh, Little master right here. So John writes to this lady who may have owned the home where the believers would come and fellowship and get in the word, do Bible studies, and her children were there as well. Uh, But John deals with with truth in verses 1 through 4. And truth is mentioned five times in these four verses. You guys can find those on your own. Um, but truth is mentioned 104 times in the New Testament and means out in the open, not concealed, it's not hidden and, and so today we're going to be looking at four things that are regarding this idea of truth. Um, and number one, we see it is how we should love others. It's how we should love others. Notice in verse one again, um, how should we love others? Well, in, in truth. Notice in verse one, it's, it's how we should love one another. It says, whom I have loved in truth. Not only am I, but also all those who have known the truth. Look, go, go to go page to your right, go to third John, look at verse one in third John. It says to the beloved Gaius, Gaius, whom I love in truth. Did you catch that? In truth. Go to your left to first John. Look at first John chapter three. Look at verse eighteen. It says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue. But indeed and in circle the word in in truth. And so and then in fact first Peter one twenty two, I'll just quote it to you, since we have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. In other words, how can we be obedient to love? Well, it's it's through the love of Christ, right? But loving one another—it's it's the byproduct of abiding in Christ Jesus. So as we're hanging out with the Lord, we're we're in fellowship with the Lord. Something naturally that's going to happen in in our and through our lives, but. Um, how do we love one another? Well, it's in truth, right? Going back to Second John verse one, and note when John is talking about love one another in truth, he's not talking about just any truth. By the way, notice carefully at the end of verse one, he's talking about the truth. The truth. The English language particularizes it but the Greek language emphasizes it so the question is not what is the truth but rather who is the truth and we all know it's it's Jesus right amen the volume of the book it is written right so John 14 6 Jesus says he makes the I am statement right I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, he says. Um, so if someone's not proclaiming the truth, in other words, they are, pro- they are deceiving, basically. They are a deceiver if they're not proclaiming or declaring the truth. So what is the truth? Well, the Word of God is the truth. The, the Bible says in John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth, your Word. Is truth. So therefore, those who reject the truth, you and I are not to receive them. Even in our own homes, we're not even to greet them. Uh and that's in Second John. You guys can read that a little later for homework there. But the Bible is the truth. It's the word of God. In first John 1 14. It says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So this is speaking of Jesus Christ, right? And how how are we to love one another? Well, it's in the truth, right? So what does that even mean? It means we are to love one another as Christ loved us. How did he love? Well, he, he loves us unconditionally. Now, we love conditionally, right? Well, if you do this and if you do that, or if you don't do this and if you don't do that, whatever, we're conditional. Then I'll love you, or then I'll, right? But, but he loves us, and catch this, in spite of us. Oh, I don't know about you, but that gets me. It just, boom, right to the heart, where it's like, Lord, you love me? I mean, do you know who I am? Do you know the things that I've done, Lord? The the sins that I've done? I, I'm, I'm a mess up and you love me? And he says, Yeah, I love you. Not because of the how I my performance or my works or what I give or what I do. He just he loves you and in spite of you. And I, I love that about the Lord. Um so the first thing I learned about the truth is it involves how we should love others, right? The second thing I learned about truth is it is why we can love others. Why can we love others? Well, it's because it's because of truth, right? So are you sure? Yes. Look at verse two. Go back to first, second John. Look at verse two. It says, because of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. So why can you and I love others unconditionally, no matter what they have done to us, no matter what they have said to us? How can we still love them, and no matter you know, how they've treated us? Well, it's because of the truth, right, that abides in us. And who is the truth who is abiding in us, church? It's Christ, right? It's, it's Jesus. So question for you and I— um, well, it's, it's the truth, right? It's the truth. Jesus says he is the truth. He's the way. So, which speaks of Jesus Christ through the person and the work really of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And when you and I, we bowed our hearts to the Lord and when we were broken for our sin, when we repented of our ways and our, even, you know, our traditions and our customs, the things that we were brought up doing and we knew and we recognized was against the Lord was against love really, um, and and we confessed our sins, something wonderful happened in our lives. God, according to 1 John 1, 9, right? We confess our sins. He's He's faithful and he's just, but he forgave us our sins and our iniquities on our, our unrighteousness. Everything that we have committed, we brought it to the Lord and he forgives us of our sins. Psalm 102, verse 12, he's He's not only forgiven us, right? But man, it's as far as the East is from the, the West, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Praise the Lord for that, right? Hebrews Chapter 10 verse 17, not only has he forgiven us, but he's also forgotten it, right? So, so their lawless, or their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Amen. Um, so when we confess our sins, we bow our hearts before him. He forgives us of our sins and he cleanses us of our sins. He forgets about our sins and, and all of that, right? But as if that was not even enough on top of that, he, gives us the helper to come alongside us the holy spirit in our lives very very obvious throughout scripture as you're reading Romans 8:11 Acts 5:32 1 Corinthians 3:16 1 Corinthians 6:19 2 Timothy 1:14 it's 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 over and over and over throughout scripture that that the lord grants us at that moment the holy spirit to Uh, abide in our lives to convict us of sin righteousness and judgment and so that ought to make your day amen church whoa, we're not alone. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. So why is that so important and why is that so significant? Well, it's only through the power. It's only through the presence. It's only through the, the really the person of, of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit living in, in and through us that we can love others unconditionally. We can't love them. Unconditionally, in and of our own flesh, it's impossible. The only way we can truly love to the degree of love that we know of through the Word of God is by allowing God to love them through us. But that's allowing Him part. That's the problem that we have, and that's us holding on to it, right? That's going back to the Garden, uh, and 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 Satan's like, "Hey Eve, you know, take this fruit, um, and and you could be like God, basically, right?" And and thus in other words embrace the power right and and thus we have this emergent movement within the church still today and everybody's still trying to embrace this you know they, they they love spirituality but they don't want Jesus right they're like oh that's too narrow that he's the only way well yeah you need to come to the fact of the truth that he is the only way <laughs> so there is no other right he's the only way to the father if you want to live and have eternal life that's that's life. There is no other such thing as life apart from Christ. He is the life and that he gives uh, John 10:10, 10, 10, right? More abundantly. So he gives you not only a life, but an abundant life. Amen, church. I love it. I need a little sign here. Amen. <laughs> uh anyways, um I get that from Pastor Dwight. He says amen and it just comes out naturally, but um anyway, so but, oh, if we try to love others, though, in and of our own flesh, we're going to fall on our face. We're going to fail miserably when we try to accomplish that love because, well, we're not. Uh, but he is, right? So when we allow him in our hearts, he begins to flourish and, and pour out of our lives. And so they will, uh, they're always going to do something in our life, right, that's going to upset us, that's going to do something, they're going to cut you off on the road, and you're going to be like, <laughs> Yeah, don't be all quiet. I see you guys on the road. Calm down. You guys are like me. or are like, hey, why did you do that? Come on. No, uh, but they're going to do stuff, right? But when we're relying on the Holy Spirit, now all of a sudden, in spite of us, in spite of them, because that, that's thats how Jesus loves them, right? And that's how he loves us. And we're to be that example Pray for them. Not that, you know, like David, Lord, gnash their teeth and you know, break them and no, but pray for them for their for their salvation. Pray the way the Lord would want you to pray. And note, by the way, in verse 2, that the presence of the Holy Spirit is with us forever. Did you guys notice that notice in verse 2? Because of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. That's a long time. What why will he do this? Because the Holy Spirit will enable us to love unconditionally. You can always depend on the power, the presence, the person of the Holy Spirit living and abiding in us forever. That's a long time, forever. And by the way, I'm I'm sure of this. And Jesus said in Matthew twenty-eight twenty, He says, "Teaching them to observe, observe all these things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always." He's with us always even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. God said in Hebrews 13:5, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Never. That's a long time. I love it. So the point is simple. You and I can always depend on the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to enable us, even in times like that, right? Where it's like, man, I gotta love them. <laughs> yes, right. God chose you for this time, and He chose them for this time. And then He put them around you for a specific reason, and He not He doesn't. T- tempt you but he'll test you right and so he allows people in your uh realm if you will uh to see what you're gonna do to see what the next step is if you're gonna walk by faith um so anyways let's go to verse three um what's what's involved in truth look at verse three grace mercy and peace will be with you from god the father and from the lord jesus christ the son Of the Father, by the way, that's the only time this phrase, the Son of the Father, is used, Uh, in truth and love. So, grace, grace mentioned what Carice mentioned 156 times in the New Testament, means unmerited favor, getting what we don't deserve, right? And I think all of us here understand God's grace for eternal life, um, but we realize, you know, we're saved by grace, through faith, um, not of our own works, lest we boast, right? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Uh, but we realize we don't work our way into heaven. We, we understand eternal life is not based on our performance and, uh, or on what we do or who we know or how much we give. It's not based on any of that stuff. But eternal life is based on grace alone, right? By faith, through faith, uh, in Christ alone. Romans 3, 24 Paul said, being justified freely by his grace, there it is, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It's in no other, but in Christ Jesus. So the moment you and I were, the moment you and I were um, justified, we were sanctified. When we gave our lives to the Lord, Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 7, you guys can read that on your own, but understand sanctification, it's not a process as if you need to obtain salvation in, in a sense of uh, now all of a sudden it's up to you right okay now it was all about Jesus and it was all about the cross and the finished work of him and now you got eternal life and then here you go now let's see if you can if you can rise or you're going to fall or what's going to happen? Well, we all know in Romans 3.23, we all fall short of the glory of God. So there's no hope for mankind there and of your own flesh. we It's not up to us yet. It's by his grace. And and uh, understand, he continually gives us his grace. We need it not only for eternal life, but for this life here and now, right? For our the temporal life. John 1.16 says, And of his fullness we have all received... And grace for grace for grace for grace for grace for grace, he just it's an unlimited, it's like the Energizer Bunny, right? It just keeps going and going, but I use Duracell, but you guys get the point. But it, his grace just keeps coming and coming and coming, and it's all about him and his work in and through us. And don't misunderstand me, we all have choices to make, I understand that. Um, and and the responsibilities and the decisions that we have in life the problem is we can't even make the right choice in and of our own power right in our own strength we all need God's grace in our lives to enable us to empower us really to be free moral agents to make the right decision that he's called us to you see he's given us a calling by his grace but he's also given us grace to sustain whatever his calling is in our life and but he wants to walk you through the word and it guys it's it's a constant dependence upon him, isn't it? What does he call this to do? Well, study the word of God that you might be approved unto the Lord. Not unto man, but onto the Lord, right? We're to test all things. We're to, we're to pray. What does prayer do? Well, prayer shows your dependence upon the Lord. We're constantly in, in a trusting uh, uh, dependence upon the Lord, right? And, and laying our lives before the Lord. And when did it come to the fact where all of a sudden it became about us in our Christian Walk, right where it was like, okay, Lord, let me show you what's up now, right? I got it. It's been two years, Lord. I got this. Let let me, let me, let me have it. No, we always are constantly, Lord, help. you guys only knew what was going on in my life this morning I was Lord help please I need you right it's it's uh it's not like you get up here like a cool guy you just know everything it's like it's a constant like oh Lord you better do this right um have mercy Lord but the Bible says Paul says in 2nd Corinthians chapter 3 Verse five and six, he says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirits for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So we don't just need God's grace for eternal life. We need His grace for every moment of every second in our life. And be honest, we all go through difficult times. We all have struggles in our lives. We need God's grace, right? If anything today, we need God's grace for the day. In Acts chapter 20, verse 32, uh, Paul, or uh, it says, God's grace builds us up. What is His grace able to do in our lives and our walk with the Lord? It's able to build us up. We're not built up by what we do. Being built up is uh, as a believer, it's not based on our performance. It's not based on, you know, how much we've done or given or uh, have or anything about us. Um, these these are good things and uh, those are practical things. Those are byproducts because you stand with the Lord. But these are our uh, byproducts of God's grace because his grace is in you thus he's going to produce in you all of these good things that we do as believers but it's by his grace that builds us up it's not a have to it's a it's a want to right it's a a desire to go to church right says I desire to serve it's not a oh I gotta go do this right It's a, yes, I can't wait, right? You wake up before your alarm clock, you're like, ha-ha! (laughs) And it's exciting to serve the Lord. So Romans chapter 1, verse 5, His grace will enable you and I to be obedient. You and I cannot even be obedient in and of our own selves. We need His grace to be obedient unto Him. Romans 5, 2, we need His grace to even stand. Um, and question, how can you and I stand for our faith? How can we be bold and courageous to those th- that are in opposition to the gospel of Jesus Christ? How are we able to present ourselves before people like that who mock the Lord, right? Who are very just straightforward in our face. Well, it's we, we're to give the gospel to them, but it's by his grace, right? You rely on his grace. Never come, Have you guys ever come to the point in your life where you, you just can't stand it anymore you can't even yeah you just I can't do this Lord I I don't got it I don't you just say I I can't do it anymore right how can you stand well you need his grace you need to pray and ask the Lord and he'll give you it Uh, and we need his grace for strength as well 2nd Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 it says you therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus not weak but be strong in his grace, right? If a, if a person in your life passes away and people tell you, oh, you're young, you got this, right? You're strong, you know, just... Uh, Tell yourself you can do it, right? No, that's a satanic lie. You are not strong, and you cannot do it. You need his grace, which is sufficient to enable you, to empower you, to be uh, strong by his His grace, though. It's by him that's able to hold us up. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. So his grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness. I mean, uh, in the men's prayer on uh, Saturday, we're reading in Deuteronomy, and and, um, what does it say? My thoughts are... but, But basically... Uh, doing good right we're, we're, we're not to do what is good in our own sights but rather do what's good in God's sight. But how do we do that? How do you resist everything that comes your way all your life? You've been trained and you've been equipped to just fall for anything, that any opportunity, any door that opens before you that you see as good in your eyes. But the Bible says, no, that's not good, right? What we define as good is not good when we begin to read the Bible and all of a sudden your mind's like, wow, well, what's going on? How do I say no to something? My body is like, go to it, go eat it, or go look at it. Whatever it might be, how do you resist? How do you say no? Well, it's by God's grace. That's the other one right here, right? God's grace. Amen. Grace. Amen. Amen. Good job. Um, all right. So, but here's, here's the thing. The Bible says in uh 1 Peter 5 5, um, James chapter 4, it says the same thing. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So that's how you access this grace. You see, we have all this that God has, right? We have an unlimited source uh, that God wants to enable us to use uh, for the life that we have in this world, right? Uh, But he's given us all of that, all jammed up by grace, right? And and in order to even get to his grace, You got to humble yourself you got to be broken you got to be broken for the sin in the world you got to be broken knowing with god's heart right understanding his word how are you going to be broken unless you you recognize your sin your sin separates you from uh the savior right how can he save you unless you are still holding on to your sin (laughs) he's not your savior because you're still holding on you're like no thank you i got it i'm good this is great right but we got to count the cost in this life is it really worth it no it's not your your temporal pleasures of this world are just temporal but the lord with the lord is pleasures forevermore in other words With him, when you invest in doing what is right in his eyes and not your eyes, then it is eternal uh, blessing, really, in reality. So when you say, Lord, I can't do it, he says, right on, right? And and he gives you the grace that you need uh, to enable you to live the life that he's called you to. Romans 8.37, that's why we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And how can you and I live a victorious Christian life? It's in Christ. It's through Christ. It's because of Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right. So Colossians 1.27, Paul says to them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. And what is it? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Guys, you got it all, right? If you got Christ Jesus living and abiding in your life, you got it made, you got it. But continually, daily, die, and that's the thing. You got to die to self. You got to pick up your cross, follow Jesus daily, right? And it's literally, it is daily, right? Because yesterday was probably perfect, and you're like, oh, what a day that was. And then you wake up the next morning, right? And you're like, oh, there it is again, right? It's, like, it's just a constant battle, it's a war that we're in. Uh, but so the first thing that's involved in is truth. Uh, is grace, right? But secondly, according to verse 2, look at verse 2 again, it's mercy, right? So grace, mercy. Mercy mentioned 30 30 times in the New Testament, uh, but simply means compassion, right? Uh, Having held back that which you and I deserve. And grace is getting what I don't deserve, Mercy is getting what I do deserve. And in other words, but mercy is having held back that which I deserve. So I deserve what? I deserve, well, justice. I deserve judgment. I deserve um eternal damnation from the Lord, separation from God. And since I am a no-good rotten sinner, and so are you, I'll pray for you, right? Yeah. Amen? Amen. But so the problem is, we need God's mercy, right? Being held back from judgment, right? So uh, that's what we deserve. But since you and I were not righteous, in fact, the, the most righteous stuff that we can give to God, according to Isaiah 64, verse 6, is as a filthy rag to the Lord. Ugh, get that away, right? He doesn't want your righteous acts. He, he wants his righteousness, which is imputed to you through the cross, through the bloodshed that he shed for you and I. Now you and I are able to walk victoriously, boldly, right? We're, we're able to come before his throne and present ourselves, present our, our life before the Lord in prayer, but it's by the blood of Jesus Christ. Apart from that, what do we think we're doing? we got nothing made in and of ourselves. We recognize uh, there's no sufficiency within us, right? Our sufficiency is by His grace alone in our lives. So um, let's come to the third thing here that's involved in truth. It's not only grace, mercy, but three, it's peace. Notice in verse two peace. And peace, uh, Irene, mentioned 93 times in the New Testament, uh, means rest, tranquility. I think that's what we need today as well, isn't it? Can you guys use some peace? Amen? Amen? What was this hand? Amen! I think, yes, yeah, oh, okay. All right, thank you. But yes, we need God's peace in our lives. Now note the source of true peace, by the way, at the end of verse 3. It's from Jesus Christ that we have grace, mercy, and peace. So true peace, it's not found in Possessions or anything of this world, right? It's found in a person. And we think, you know, uh, well, other churches think that, well, not us, right? But if if I just have this new house, maybe this new job, maybe this new car, maybe this new spouse, maybe this, new, right? If I had this, this, and that, or, or even if, oh, what if I won the lottery? Then I would, oh, the peace that I, I would be on a hammock right now, right? Oh, I'd just be resting and wow. But that doesn't bring you peace. Did you guys know that? Wealth doesn't bring you peace. It comes through a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. True peace is not found in our circumstances and the things that we go through in life. It's found in Jesus. So our life doesn't get turned upside down as believers just because we're going through something in our lives, right? Uh, Financially, a career issue, a relationship issue. We're held together by his grace. And we don't lose our peace over these things because he's our peace right? And our our peace is not based on our possessions. It's not based on our positions. Uh, It's it's based on a person. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14, Jesus Christ is our peace. And John 14 27, Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. And he goes on, but He's given us His peace. Paul proclaims the same peace in Philippians chapter four, verse seven. He says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus." So you might say, "I'm going through a lot. I'm, I'm sick. I'm poor. I'm shaken. I'm I'm torn. I'm, I'm this and that." But 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 praise the Lord for that because you have Jesus Christ and he's your peace in the midst of all of that it's 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 all about him and and knowing him and when you do you'll understand that peace right now you're like what are you talking about but let's go on to the next the fourth thing here is the result of truth notice in verse 4 uh, it says, John says, I rejoice greatly that I have found some of your children walking in truth as we receive commandment from the Father. So as John was in Ephesus, he might have seen some of these children of this lady uh, and seen them walking in truth. By the way, that word walk right here carries the idea of our lifestyle, our behavior, And and they were living a life in the truth they were exhibiting character traits of truth uh, and as John saw them he rejoiced greatly look at look at verse 4 actually look at 3rd John 3rd John look at verse 4 in 3rd John it says I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth That's awesome. Joy is the same word as rejoice in the Greek from the root, Um, but their their life was lived in such a way that they brought glory to God, and that is for you, and that is for me, right? That people ask, you know, can I go here? Can I do this? Can I? I think the question is what they're asking is, you know, what's the fine line? How close can I get to the line before crossing it? But I, I think the real question is, um, Really, what they're they're trying to say is how much you know. Can I close? Can I get to sin? Right, but First Corinthians chapter ten verse thirty one says, um, "Therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God." So the question is, is it is it glorifying to the Lord? Is it going to bring glory to the Lord in what you do? Are you walking in truth? Right. So look back at verse four in Second John. And Notice, you know, he's rejoicing greatly. He found them walking in the truth as, as uh, they received commandment from the Father. And I think this speaks of how influential this lady was. Uh, and moms, you guys understand, you got an important role in, in life. You got, you, there's, there's, there's so much of an impact that you have on your children. Now is the time to teach them, to train them up in the ways they ought to go. And you know, I'm, I'm the dada, right? I'm the fun guy. And I get to play with the kids wrestle with the kids and then if they get hurt right they hit their head they don't run to me for some reason I don't know why it's like what am I gonna tickle you or what you know but they run Mama, (laughs) right and and she's that emotional support but that's something natural that's the mom that's the right there's there's something precious about that and uh, it's just it's pretty awesome but remember Paul had commanded Eunice, uh, Timothy's mother, and Lois, the grandmother in 2nd Timothy chapter 1, because they were no doubt instrumental in really bringing up young Timothy in his life with the Lord. Um, Solomon, he tells us in Proverbs chapter 22 verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So this is not for the child, this is for the parents right here, right? So we're to be those examples, teaching, training, uh, exhorting them encouraging them to walk in the ways of the Lord right to grow in the grace and in the truth that God has for them well we wanted to go over two things today the first dealt with truth and we saw four things about truth in verses 1 through 4 but the second and final topic and we'll we'll finish this up here is love and just verses 5 and 6 simple verses here but first thing and there's really three things here but he deals with the urgency regarding love notice in verse 5 it says and now I plead with you lady not as though I wrote a new commandment to you but that which we have had from the beginning that we love one another Uh, by the way that word plead when Paul said or uh, John Paul uh, John says uh, plead means I beg you I besiege you I I urge you I implore you Uh, it speaks of the urgency regarding love and I. I think John puts this here to remind us of the importance of love in this in the life of a believer. Sometimes we talk about love, but we don't really think too much uh, about about it. But uh, love. But John wants us to understand how much love is. If if you're, uh, if what you're saying, if what you're doing, if it doesn't revolve and involve around love. Well, then it's for not. It's it's worthless and it is meaningless in the things that you're doing and the things that you're saying because in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, if it's not done in love, well, it's vain, right? It's it's for nothing, and, and Paul makes that very clear. Secondly, the commandment regarding love. Notice verse 5 again in the middle. Uh, it's talking about the commandment. It says, I wrote... A new commandment to you, but that which we have had from the beginning, uh, that we love one another. But notice in verse four, rewind a little bit, it says, um, as we receive commandment from the Father. Notice in verse six, this is love that we walk according to his commandments. And this is the commandment that as have, as you have heard from the beginning that you should walk in it. And so it's not a new commandment, right? First John, uh, look at chapter 3, verse 11. It says in 1 John three eleven, For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Um, so first John four twenty one. it says and this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also uh, in fact turn with me since you're turning around everywhere Romans chapter 13 Romans 13 this is not a new commandment but it's one from the very beginning and and how far does it go back in the beginning well uh, it goes back to Deuteronomy chapter six verse five. It says, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength." Leviticus chapter nineteen verse eighteen, uh, the Bible says, "You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself." I'm the Lord, He says. And and wait, so how does this idea of, of obeying the law? Uh, and love, how does that work together? I mean, the law, love, a lot of churches, they, they try to mix them together and they get all confused and then it just gets all crazy um, when there's a problem there. But Paul understood this and then he wrote it to clarify to us. Romans 13, look at verse 8. It says, Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves one another, uh, another has fulfilled the law there it is for the commandments you shall not commit adultery you shall not murder you shall not steal you shall not bear false witness you shall not covet if there is any other commandment are all summed up in this saying namely you shall love your neighbor as yourself love does no harm to a neighbor therefore love is the fulfillment of the law so do i keep the law yeah Well, how do I keep all, I mean, 613 commandments, that's, what, 365 don'ts, 248 do's. I mean, how am I going to do that every single day? How am I, oh, I'm going to go crazy. Well, why don't you do one, and by doing this one thing, you will thus fulfill all the law. What? What is that? Well, it just said that. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law, Paul says. In fact, turn to uh, John 13. John chapter 13, and if you are not messed up by now, you will be after this verse. Amen? Amen. Um, John 13, look at verse 34. It says a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Okay, so which is it? A new or an old commandment? Well, yes, old because it was given a a long time ago, right? And yes, new because it's fresh. Right, it came to us in a new way, if you will. Uh, It was brought to light, so in a new, a new way. So, what's fresh about this old commandment? Well, it's the way we do it. Look again at verse thirty-four, by the way. Um, As I have loved you, that you also love one another. So we already saw how God loves us unconditionally in the context of 2 John. and, And that was by a sacrificial love. That's the type of love he's talking about. John 15, 13, Jesus says, Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends in Romans five eight, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. And and so speaking of sacrificial love, we already saw you know the unconditional part, but unconditional right, and d- d- despite what we, uh, what, what we do right, whatever it is, God just gonna he's gonna love us no matter what. There's but sacrificial love is we're to put them above ourselves. And that's the challenge. That's the thing that you can't do without the Holy Spirit in your life, right? Without his grace enabling you at that moment to do that. And that's what Philippians chapter 2, verses 2, 3, 4, and 5 are talking about. Uh, We are to put the needs of others above our own needs, right? It's not about our situation, but really it's about their salvation, right? You guys like that one? That's like a little hip-hop rap lyric right there like it Um, but let's let's finish up here go go back to 2nd John I'll just end with this verse 6 Um, our walk regarding love it's in verse 6 it says this is love that we walk according to his commandments and this is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. So twice he uses the word walk in verse 6. And walk speaks of our lifestyle, right? Our behavior. And speaking of our behavior, the, the things we do, the places we go, the, the, the things we say, right? Um, so our walk is to exhibit love. In Acts chapter 21 verse 24, we are to walk orderly. And in Romans thirteen thirteen, we are to walk properly. In Second Corinthians five seven, we're to walk by faith. And Galatians five sixteen, we're to walk in the Spirit. Uh, Ephesians four one, we're to walk worthy of our calling. In Ephesians five fifteen, we're to walk circumspectly. In Colossians two six, we're to walk in Him. In Colossians 4, 5, we are to walk in wisdom. In 1 John 1, 7, we're to walk in the lights. In 3 John, verse 5, we're to walk in truth. And Jesus is the truth, right? He's the way, the truth, and the life. And we need to realize the only way we can walk in love is by obeying his commands. Now, the commandments is... uh how can we do that unless the Holy Spirit is living and abiding in our hearts, right? And I'm not going back to the law. I'm not saying you got to be like the Judaizers, right? And and return to the law. But you got to return to your first love according to Revelation, right? To the church of Ephesus. And that is just return to to Christ. And as you are walking in love, you thus will fulfill all the law. You will fulfill the commands that he gives you. But it's only by the power and the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit living and abiding in you and I, right? Romans eight eleven, 11, Acts, uh, it just goes on. There's a whole bunch of scripture on that, but it's only through the Holy Spirit and through our lives, and God wants to do that work, but you can stop the Lord in doing that work, and I encourage you not to, not to embrace yourself, not to embrace your ways, not to embrace whatever feels right or wherever it looks right in your own eyes but what are we to do we learn that in judges right that was the downfall of the nations right there in uh, every generation is because the children uh they they weren't taught by their parents the the ways of the lord and the, how the lord did his judgments upon them so we're to learn from the word but Continue to allow him to do a work in through you. Be available. Be flexible, right? Blessed are the flexible. They're not going to break, right? But you're not flexible. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so be flexible, be available, and allow the Lord to do a work in through you guys. I love you guys. Let's stand up. Let's pray, and let's give the this day to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord, again, for your faithfulness. Lord, just looking at your word and considering your word. Uh, Lord, we understand that we we need your grace, Lord, and I ask, we all ask as one, as one body, Lord, um, that you would grant us your grace, Lord, that we would be united as a church, Lord, um, with one heart, one mind, and that would be uh, in the direction of just your word and what your word directs us to. And so uh, continue, Lord, continue to speak to our hearts as we go about our week, Lord, help us to be broken, Lord, for those around us. Help us to see others and and lead them to who you are, Lord, to be able to instruct them and teach them, uh, encourage them, Lord, to know who you are. Uh, We ask in Jesus' name. And also, Lord, if there's anybody here in this fellowship, Lord, who does not know you, I pray, Lord, that they would call out to you, that they would look to the cross, that they would look to the bloodshed that you had for all of us, and uh they would call out to you confess their sins lord that they would believe on who you are that you are jesus you're the messiah you're the christ and that you love them lord you rose from the grave uh to give us new life and i just thank you lord for the work that you're doing in jesus name amen so be broken lord for those around us help us to see others and and lead them to who you are Lord to be able to instruct them and teach them uh, encourage them Lord to know who you are uh, we ask in Jesus name and also Lord if there's anybody here in this fellowship Lord who does not know you I pray Lord that they would call out to you that they would look to the cross that they would look to the bloodshed that you had for the, all of us and uh, they would call out to you confess their sins Lord that they would believe on who you are that you are Jesus you're the Messiah you're the Christ And that you love them, Lord. You rose from the grave uh, to give us new life. And I just thank you, Lord, for the work that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.